And now, here they are. It's the payoff. All right, people, let's do this thing. You start a radio show and all of a sudden your local college is in the midst of the biggest cheating scandal in sports. And then four months later, three months later, they win a national championship. Let's do this thing. Let's do this thing. Let's do this thing. We welcome you into the payoff on 100.9 The Mint. I'm Ben Bosher, and we've got a full show planned out for you. I mean, this is content gold. The Lions are in the midst of their first playoff potential run, first playoff appearance in a few years, the the biggest season that they've had, the most impactful season that they've had on the city in a decade, two decades, three decades, not to mention, of course, your newest national champions, the Michigan Wolverines. Listen, this is going to be a celebratory show. A lot of people will like that. Some people won't. We tried to talk Michigan State football throughout the year, and guess what? No one wanted to do it. So if you don't like the, the Michigan Wolverine party, I'm, I'm sorry. That's what this show's going to be. We're here to celebrate because what a game that was last night. Dominance is the first word that comes to mind when you think of the 2023-24 Michigan season. You can throw in cheating. You can throw in science. Th- I, I don't care. They'll never be able to take away the experience that you had last night watching that game. What Jim Harbaugh was able to do, man, oh, man. Jim Harbaugh has quickly ascended up the list of my favorite people on the entire planet. Some of you might think that sounds ridiculous. Don't care. Last night brought a lot of people in this region, in this state, in this country, joy. Are they, and by they, I mean Michigan program. Is it the cleanest? Is it, you know, the best program in the nation? Many would say yes. Did they do it the right way? Many would say no. But guess what? It doesn't matter. They're the 2023 national champions. Bottom line. And they'll never be able to take that away from you. Let's celebrate. I'll throw the number out right now. Throw it out early. 989-837-6125. What'd you do during the game? What'd you do to celebrate? Because 24 hours later almost, and I'm still feeling... Like I'm on the top of the world. What a game that was. From the first quarter, it it really did feel like from the beginning, Michigan just had a knockout punch in the first quarter. 174 yards in that quarter. It slowed down a little bit, but that rushing game, all as advertised, is what it was. Now, here's the thing. Everyone's going to point to the fact that Jim Harbaugh was suspended on two different occasions during this season. Guess what? Don't care. National champs. Oh, well, 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 there's going to be an asterisk on that thing. Eventually, you're going to get wins taken away. Uh, uh, Guess what? Don't care. National champs. Don't let anyone poop on your head. Don't let anyone ruin your parade. And by the way, there's a parade coming to Ann Arbor for those in the area. What a great day this is. A national championship has, brought, has been brought to the state of Michigan uh, for the first time in a long time. That's Bet. where we are. Bet. 989-837-6125. Brad, do you already have the national championship hat, the national championship shirt? You already buy all the stuff? You're going to be no. loaded coming into, coming <laughs> into work me, next no. week? My boys that were in Houston spent probably a couple grand in the merch shop. <laughs> they weren't leaving there without getting some, which uh, apparently ran out. Before they left NRG Stadium. Oh, not on Fanatics. 
Mine's already on the way. Never. 80 bucks down the drain this morning buying the, the shirt and the hat. Well worth it. Shirt and a hat for 80, huh? Discounted items. <laughs> I, I mean, I suppose so. It's got the whole schedule in the back of it. You have to. You can't just you can't just let the national championship go. Your team wins it. Did I go to Michigan? No. Does it matter? No, I, I, I don't care. That's where I'm at with this. You can get into the whole debate with Michigan State fans, Ohio State fans. No, just don't let them ruin your mood at this point. The, the weather's bad. Almost died three times coming into work today. Had to be here. Had to celebrate with everyone in the Great Lakes Bay region. 989-837-6125. So let's celebrate. Let's go crazy. This is content gold. Michigan, national champions, Lions. We'll get to it later. For those of you who don't like the Wolverine party, we'll get to the Lions in a little bit. They've got their biggest game of this year, of the decade, of the century. Sunday night. We'll get to it. But right now I'm looking at this Michigan game and... and how do you not lead with this? How do you not have a full show of this? this it, it's funny because this radio show, what, debuted in October, Brad? And immediately just drowned, drowning in the fact that local team, ranked number two at the time, I think, that team is now in the midst of the biggest cheating scandal there is. And just like that, three months later, they're national champions. Talk about getting thrown into the fire. This season, <laughs> roller coaster. That, uh, that's one way to put it. Dominant would be another way to put it. They're on top, though. And the, whether or not Jim Harbaugh is going to stay, we'll, we'll get to that. Up for debate. But right now, yeah, I mean, it's not 24 hours removed from the end of that game. Celebrate. Let's go crazy today. This is going to be a fun show. This is going to be a Michigan-heavy show, football-heavy show, absolutely. But when you're looking here at, at this Michigan team, Jim Harbaugh, J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum, they're now in the legacy books forever. It's time to party. <laughs> Brad, do you think these, uh, these things, these pop-it things, these celebratory things will catch on fire? They're, like, super old, but they might catch on fire. We can't make that joke in these parts because we had a near fire in the radio station a couple of days ago, so be careful. In this station? That's correct, the one that you're working in. There was a fire here? No, no, I said near. What are you talking We're about? good now, though. Where, where was I during this? Uh, I don't know. Okay, uh, I guess I won't be popping that thing. I'll do this again, though. 989-837-6125. Uh, really, from the beginning, this game was... I, I don't want to say dominant throughout the... Yeah, I, no, you know what? Screw it. I will say dominant throughout the whole game. Um, yeah, third quarter got rough. Uh, I'm looking at my notes here from watching the game and glad I got to watch you here in the studio because <laughs> if only you guys could have seen the live reaction. And that's what I'm interested in too. Um, How do you guys celebrate during this? Yeah, there wasn't a ton going on in the third quarter besides the, the first play of the third quarter, ironically, when Will Johnson, who I will remind you, is only a sophomore, will be coming back, will be a first-round pick at some point, but as of right now, is one of the best lockdown corners in college football. He'll be back. This Michigan team's not going anywhere. Whether Jim Harbaugh leaves, J.J. McCarthy leaves, this is still going to be one of the best teams in the nation. Whether or not they can win a national title, well, we'll see. To be determined. And I think a lot of that has to do whether or not Jim Harbaugh is going to stay or leave. Should he stay or leave? Depends what his internal goals are. If he's chasing the one thing he doesn't have, that would be a Super Bowl, my friend. 
But if he's looking for the best job, yeah, there's, there's not a better job than Michigan. There's not a better program to go to. There's not an NFL team where he's going to be set up to succeed right away. It's Michigan. It's Ann Arbor. Best team in that nation. Who's got it better than the Michigan Wolverines right now? The answer is nobody. It really is. 443 total yards of offense yesterday. This is a defensive team, by the way. When we look back upon the Michigan Wolverines, the 2023 team, Team 144, the one that got it done, those who stay will win a title. This is going to be known as a defensive team. Five years, you're going to look back and you're going to see so many NFL guys on this roster. But ironically, none of them are scheduled to be first-round picks as of this year. It's just a good unit, a good team. And they still managed to put up 443 total yards of offense while simultaneously eliminating the best quarterback in college football, maybe. Shutting him down. Penix, you would never would have guessed he was a Heisman candidate watching last night's game. Is that fair to say, well, Penix is a bust now. Penix draft stock is going to go down. Maybe. It, it just might be. Because the NFL type of defense he played last night that was brought over from John Harbaugh's Ravens team. It's where Mike McDonald was from. Or Mike McDonald. That's where Jesse Minter was from originally. The guys Jim Harbaugh brought over, they're incorporating NFL defenses. And all season long, offenses had no idea what to do with it. It's one of the most balanced teams there was. And yet, there's still people. They'll, you'll still hear it all the way up until draft night. Tell you J.J. McCarthy's not good enough. They'll tell you Jim Harbaugh's not going to succeed in the NFL. He's won everywhere he goes. 989-837-6125. Lions still to come. Jim Harbaugh talks still to come. Join the celebration here at the Frick Sports Bar. Text line 989-837-6125. Brad, this is going to be a fun show. Um, I know you were dressed up in all your, your Michigan pajamas, the, the blue wig, the blue sunglasses. You were probably going crazy last night. I yeah, wish like I could have got a live St. shot Brown. with you. Like <laughs> um, yeah, th- this is, this is going to be great. Michigan had this team rattled. Oh, they had it so rattled. Uh, come on. Let's do this thing. 989-837-6125. You're listening to the payoff. Lions still to come. Michigan up next here on 100.9 The Mitt. Back to the payoff on the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. 100.9, The Mitt. Ben Bosher here. You're listening to the payoff. Uh, Celebratory Tuesday. Victory Tuesday. National Championship. Post-National Championship Tuesday. And what a a day it is. What a day uh, it is. Brad, I'm going to put it to you plain and simple. There's a question looming around right now. A lot of people are wondering it. A lot of speculation going both ways. People are going to go crazy on social media saying one thing. Other reports suggest another. There's pros and cons of both. Is Jim Harbaugh going to be on the Michigan Wolverines staff next year? It's this plain and simple question. Yet, nobody knows the answer, it feels like. Look, you're uh, the resident Michigan fan in our building here. Who said that? Clearly. Um, I'm, I'm just not even sure most Michigan people are thinking about that just yet. I mean, is that you doing it for radio, or is that you, Michigan fan, genuinely caring about his future 
within 24 hours of winning the only national championship you may experience in a lifetime? I, I don't. I don't think I'm sitting. I, I want to know the answer <laughs> because that's kind of been the story of every off season. And yeah, it it is 24 hours removed from the championship, not even. But it is the off season now, and it, it's on the back of my mind. I'd say I'm still happy he could leave tomorrow and. I think a lot of Michigan fans would be okay with it, but obviously I'm sitting here every day thinking to myself, this guy needs to come back. There's not a better job out there. So do I think, is this for radio? Not necessarily. It's been on my mind today, amongst other things. Trying to get to work safe, maybe the first of them. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but there's, there's just too many people out there suggesting they know exactly what's going on, when in reality, I don't think, even think he knows yet. Do you? Well, I have, again, I think the speculation over a guy's like kind of desires from a professional standpoint are it's overcovered. Yeah, overcovered. And the idea that, frankly, none of us covering the uh, Jim Harbaugh, the situation, probably knows anything about his situation. I will say, I think uh, now that he's won the championship, now that he's brought Michigan to glory, uh, has successfully done what, you know, many eras of Michigan football have not done and done it, I would say, relatively quickly ahead of schedule through COVID, through all this, yeah, seven years, but I, he brought you to the promised land uh, and did it defeating Saban, did it uh, defeating another undefeated team, did it as an undefeated team, did it as an undefeated Big Ten champ, 15-win season, one of the best defenses of uh, this century, um, it, did it with some, with some high-level NFL talent, a quarterback that'll live forever in Michigan uh, lore, a running back in Blake Corum that'll live forever in Michigan lore, um, and with all of that being said, again, not to necessarily speculate, I think it's more likely he leaves now that they won. And that's not to say that Michigan fans should be disappointed by that. I think there are great options, whether it's not uh, Sharon Moore or, uh, you know, I, I mean, he's probably your guy. It's got to be Sharon Moore. It's got to um, be. But I, I don't see there. If, if this was me, this was my team, this was my blind uh, optimism and uh, my blind devotion team, there's not a chance in hell I'd be thinking about the future of my head coach right now. I'd still be basking in the well, roses of winning maybe the only national championship we may experience. And, and that's not to take anything away from Michigan fans. I just don't know if that's where my mind would be, but it is for a lot of folks because, and I'll say this, uh, again, not a Michigan fan. Jim Harbaugh has won me over. Um, he Such a goob. I think he's hilarious. He is such a goober. Like he's everyone gets perfect so mad on the at stage, the guy, but um, puts on an act. Throws the buffs on last night, the Mason Blue buffs. Uh, incoherent at times on the mic. I, he's he's awesome, and he and he wins. And, and, say and the what players you want, love him. Say what you want about the scandal that happened earlier this season. Say what you want about the two different suspensions. He was able to bring this roster together. He was able to unite this team and use it as fuel. I mean, you can say that ah, uh, oh, you got to take away some of these wins. Well, obviously they won this national championship without using Connor Stallions and the sign ceiling system. Um, but do you think in some way it brought this team even closer together and propelled them to the national stage? Like, do you, do you think they're able to do that even without getting busted for it? Or do they not even have the motivation? I, I think a little piece of this for me, at least is they, they won. We knew and, and we talked two months ago, why engage in the cheating, which is going to be cracked down on, which has been proven. Why engage in that? Whether it's, very small or very big. Why engage in it when you knew you were good enough to do it? 
Uh, I think that's the only thing that leaves me scratching my head. Well, did you hear what J.J. McCarthy said before the game, during the, the media week or whatever it was in Houston? Go ahead. He was Well, he essentially was like, oh, Ohio State was stealing our signs, so we felt like we had to do it right. at a much higher like, level. Don't play the game. Yeah, I didn't love that. Don't play the game, and don't feed into it. They, they won, and so now nothing matters, and that's fine. But if you lose and you're doing that, uh, yeah, it's a little, it's, it's tainted. I'm scratching my head. Don't leave me with a head-scratching moment. And that's what that kind of did. And even again, 10 years from now, I'll still head-scratch a little bit on why they felt it was needed to engage in what they did when they knew they were good enough to do it. They were the most talented team in the country, barring maybe Georgia this year. Uh, and they won the national championship. Why did they feel a need to do what they did? I have no idea. But at the end of the day, now it doesn't matter because they won without it. Uh, and they proved they were the best team. Well, you, you say, don't even be thinking about Jim Harbaugh. Don't even be worried about what's going on in the future because you need to be in the moment, live in the moment, what's happening right now. It's something I think a lot of people, including myself, need to work on. But here is the thing that you need to think about in the immediate future, which is, okay, you love this team. You enjoy watching this team. This might be the last run to this team. Blake Corum, yeah. you're never going to see him get into the end zone again. Potentially, J.J. McCarthy, you never get to see Sling the Rock again in the maze and blue. Is that sort of a tandem deal with Jim Harbaugh? I think a lot of people would say yes. If J.J.'s gone, Jim Harbaugh's gone, and vice versa. They're going hand-in-hand hand with each other. So when you're thinking about the players, reminiscing on all the great moments you had watching this team win, over and over and over again. Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is I'm really going to love this. Like, <laughs> like this team no. is forever cemented in my mind as probably the greatest team I've I've watched outside of what the maybe the Lions can do. I've enjoyed watching Michigan the most this year. So I, to once you start thinking about the fact this could no, be JJ's last year, yeah, this could be. It's, it's human nature, right? And so the chase is more times better than the payoff in a lot of times. Nothing's better than the payoff. Correct the show itself. We <laughs> uh, understand what I'm saying. So a lot of times, the chase is is more enjoyable than the actual payoff because the payoff, the national championship last night, is a moment. It is not three months of buildup, yeah. of living and dying by every single play. A play in mid October when the score is 39 to nothing on third down, watching what the third string cornerback does because you are a live or die fan of this program. And so now the the process, now the buildup, now the journey is over. And all of a sudden you're faced with the harsh reality of we may not have Jim Harbaugh anymore. We may not have J.J. McCarthy anymore. May not have Blake Corum anymore. Blake Corum is gone. Well, correct. There is no maybe about Blake. And so this team that I've fallen in love with did what I wanted them to do, and we lived through the moment last night, but that moment is now gone. And while I can sit with it for 24, 48, maybe a week, it's over. And now you're faced with something you haven't been faced with in a long time, and that's uh, a lot of variables and a little less hope than you probably had in the last few years if you're a Michigan fan. And you say all that, and yet Vegas names this as, as the fifth most likely team to win the national championship next year. Which is funny because, you know, the whole thing about this team was if you stay, those who stay will win championships. Well, you have 44 seniors, so that fits the bill. But you also have 36 freshmen, 32 sophomores, 31 juniors who are all going to be next man up next year. Michigan's not even a top 10, doesn't even have a top 10 recruiting class next year. They don't even have one five-star committed to them as of right now, which that could change. They've got 18 four-stars coming in. But you have to make yourself wonder, okay, if Jim Harbaugh leaves, what does this program continue to look like? 
are you going to be able to keep ripping off Big Ten championships with ease the way you have in the past couple of years? I think that's that's all on the table right now. When it gets even harder moving forward, right? It gets harder to win with a the Big addition. Ten title or to win yeah. a national title. To win a Big Ten title, uh, I think in, yeah. increasingly, like it's it's a two conference uh, system. You win the Big Ten, okay. You win the SEC, all right. You've got a chance. And obviously, with the twelve team playoff, a lot of teams are going to have chances. But if you're the best team in the Big Ten, you might as well crown yourself anyway. If you can make it out of the Big Ten over the course of a three-month regular season and maybe you stub your toe by a three-point loss in the national semifinal, a Big Ten championship means a a whole lot more than I think it used to moving forward when you add in those four West Coast teams. When you add in the talent level that's going to be in the Big Ten. Like, you compare basically winning a basketball Big Ten tournament championship to a regular season championship. What do you value more? Is it, is, the I regular mean, season, right? Yeah. And so you play your whole regular season. You're better than USC. You're better than Oregon. You're better than Washington. You're better than Ohio State. You're better than Penn State. Better than Wisconsin and Iowa. That's got to mean a ton. And so, look, moving forward, winning the Big Ten is going to be super meaningful. And maybe you don't climb the mountain of the national championship for another you know, 25 years like they had to wait since the last one. Uh that's fine. Yeah, and that's fine. That's that that's fine. And that's where I'm at right there. You got I mean you you mentioned earlier that Jim Harbaugh it, it came sooner than people realized this national title. I think it came later than people realized. You kind of had to trust the process uh on this thing. Sound like Troy Weaver right now. Just trust the process, man. The Pistons will figure it out. 989-837-6125. It's a good question. Do you think the Big 10 championship will mean more going forward? next year or is it going to lose some of its meaning now that these four west coast teams are coming in and do you think jim harbaugh is going to stay or does it even matter i do think like regardless of whether or not jim harbaugh leaves or stays this is still going to be one of the best programs in the big 10 next year now you you might have to find a new quarterback who knows i think those two things go hand in hand whether or not jim harbaugh is going to the nfl probably determines whether or not jj mccarthy is going to the nfl right because you can speculate, you can tell, you can say, well, J.J. should come back because there's three guys being drafted ahead of him no matter what. And if he stays, he'll come back and be the first quarterback off the board. Maybe. When has that ever been guaranteed? Why is it a guarantee that if he stays, he's going to be the first quarterback off the board next year? Spencer Rattler was supposed to be the best quarterback in college football a few years ago. How'd that work out? He's still around. There's been a lot of guys like that. Uh, Sam Howell, another one. So if he's got an opportunity, if there's NFL scouts telling J.J. McCarthy, yeah, some team's going to pick you in the first round, I have a really hard time thinking J.J. McCarthy's going to willingly come back to Michigan if he hears that, especially if his coach is gone, right? It's so different these days because, you know, five, ten years ago, shoot, even three years ago, you would say, look, they've got the title now. Go get the money. Yeah. And yet. Get these NIL deals. What happens to a donor base for the Michigan Wolverines that just felt the euphoria of winning a national championship and what that does from a fundraising standpoint for the school, for these NI pool monies that, you know, now major donors can say, man, we felt what it was like to be at the top of the mountain. We want it again. And money starts pouring in. And the bag that JJ could get from staying is, I mean, never going to emulate a, a first round uh, no. salary in the NFL. Not a first-round pick level no. of salary. But, but that's not guaranteed. Is it comparable to stay in Ann Arbor and try to do it again and try to cement your legacy 
as like a, a true college football dynasty, a team that going into next year, if they won it again, would finish in the top three of the final rankings four years in a row, as hard as that is to do, that, that rivals what Bama has done multiple times in the last decade or so. Uh, that's Georgia winning back-to-back, and now Michigan does it in the Big Ten. Like, that's history history. And I know we've said this, like, multiple times in the past few seasons. Well, if Jim Harbaugh decides to come back, he's going to be here long-term, and then you get into the process every summer of, well, there's some interest in the NFL he has, or some NFL team's interested in him. This one really does feel like the last straw. If he comes back, he's staying. There's that no NFL clause, 10 years, $125 million, is the report to be the highest-paid Big Ten coach in the history of the conference. If he takes that, you're locked in. Who knows? Yeah, I, I do. I, if if Jim Harbaugh takes that contract, J.J. McCarthy's probably back. And you have to think, even though Blake Corum's gone, you know some of the offensive linemen are gone, you have to think they walk in next year probably as the favorites to win the title, right? I know they're not the favorites right now. Would you say they're fifth? But Fifth in odds. I think it's Georgia one, uh, Bama, Ohio State are both ahead of Michigan. Uh, Texas is fourth, maybe, and then Michigan five, Oregon six. But you have to think if, if Jim Harbaugh decides to resign, if J.J. McCarthy decides to come back, they shoot up that list to one. How do you not have Michigan as the favorite knowing the quarterback and the coach are back? And you're still going to have a great offensive lineman. You still have, hopefully, you still have the coordinators and Sharon Moore and Jesse Minter. Because what this dude has put together on the defensive side of the ball, next level. Even the best quarterback in college football this year couldn't figure it out. He well, looked yeah. lost. And, and yeah, I mean, that, that to me was the biggest standout of yesterday's game uh, in terms of takeaways was how they made Michael Penix look. And, and obviously he was hurt down the stretch yesterday, and so he, he, he didn't look the same. But He was rattled. Yeah, and was only actually sacked, what, once? He was only sacked once, but here's the thing. They got 20 pressures on him. Yeah. Oregon only had uh, 11 when they played in the Pac-12 championship. Texas only had 10. So they doubled the amount of times they pressured him compared to most of the other elite teams that got off against Washington, and Penix didn't like it. Penix was the variable. I mean, he was, you know, Heisman candidate, best individual player in the game in terms of can make a singular impact, right? He's the guy that swings a spread in Vegas more so than anyone else on the rosters for either of them. He did not know how to handle that defense. No, and, and look, Michigan's defense stood tall. It's it's why you have conversations about this defense being, you know, Bama-esque, uh, you know, best of the century-esque. Um, and it's and it's deserved. And, and it, ironically, they did it so differently than in the Alabama game, where in the Alabama game, it felt like every, every other play, every couple of plays, they're going to send five, six guys. Yesterday, they were hardly blitzing at all. They were able to apply pressure only sending four or five. And then the secondary is what really stood out to me. You're able to get pressure from the inside, and then you have all this chaos going on in the, in the secondary, all these different coverages, these man-to-man schemes, uh, switching up to a zone. The flexibility this team has on both sides of the ball really just made it feel like it was unstoppable. In the first half, when Michigan was going from 12 and 13 personnel to empty back to 12 in a matter of three, four plays, I mean, what do you do against that as a defensive coordinator? Unreal stuff from the Michigan Wolverines. 989-837-6125. Join us on the payoff. Uh, Lions, still to come. Michigan, can they run it back? That's next on the payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. More of the Great Lakes Bay region's only local sports show. Back to the payoff. All right, let's put a pause in the Michigan party just for a moment. Let's make some money. Lock of the day. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Brad, I'm going to break your heart on this one. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at FanDuel as, you know, 
someone often does. Uh, and there was a spread I saw for tonight that just I, I couldn't resist. I've avoided the Pistons it. game. Yeah, I've avoided it all year long. I haven't bet against or for this team once. Uh, there's been many times where the Pistons roll into the fourth quarter with like a three point lead. Can I guess what it is before you say it? Yeah, sure, go ahead. The line on that game tonight. It's eleven. It's it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Wow. Take the Kings, man. Wow. Cade Cunningham's not playing. I don't know if this team's going to score 80 points. Where's the offense going to come from tonight? Killian Hayes. Is he going to run the offense, play point guard? 11 role? points, huh? It's ridiculous. This is like one of the last year, this was the highest scoring offense in NBA history, or at least the most efficient, them being the Sacramento Kings. And they're only supposed to win by 11. I don't care if it's in Detroit. If Cade Cunningham is not playing, there's no way this team is scoring anywhere close to what the Kings total is going to be. And the Kings are fully healthy, huh? And the, everyone's playing. Everyone's lines are out. And I just, they're not on the second night of a back-to-back or anything. I, they're not. Does it even matter? Does it matter? Weird. Are you are you on board with that? 11? Take the Kings? It's 11 and a half. Yeah. Uh, I haven't bet on or against the Pistons all season long. I've avoided it because I know it's I, I can't do it. Right, for folks thinking, well, isn't 11 and a half points a lot in the NBA? Uh, most nights, yeah. uh, the Pistons are dogs by... Like I mean, that. D- at least, though. I mean, against good teams in the NBA, sometimes it's 14, 15, 16, 17. There have been 18 this year. And in fact, the game that they almost won in overtime against the Celtics was 18 and a half. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't get it. This feels like a suspicious line. I would just stay away from it because it's a little too Oh, come for me. on. It's such a cop-out answer. That's the... <laughs> lock of the day. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Uh, all right. It is a shame that, you know, we didn't get to lead off with this because this this is some good stuff. I'm going to read off some numbers to you, Brad. You tell me what they mean. 192, 227, 141, 71, 68, 119, 96, and 175. Those mean anything to you? I'm supposed to memorize all those numbers? I'm... Just bunch them together. That mean anything to you? You got any guesses to what that is? No, I stopped listening halfway through. All right. That's the wide receiver one, opposing wide receiver one total of the past nine weeks. Wide receiver ones have tormented this team in the back half of the season, them being the Detroit Lions, Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb being the most recent candidates. And if you only look at the last three weeks, Justin Jefferson, 141. CeeDee Lamb, 227. Justin Jefferson, 192. That dude's averaging 136 yards per game against the Lions in his career. Guys, I got bad news. The Rams, they don't have one of those guys. They've got two of them. If there's one reason to be worried, it has nothing to do with Matt Stafford's return and everything to do with the wide receivers on this team and the inability to cover them down the field. Kindor, Vildor, Whatever the hell his name is. Cam Sutton, they can't do it. They can't do it. Both good run defenders. Both probably capable of guarding an average wide receiver two for an opposing team. But I'm starting to get nervous. With no Sam Laporta, who's been Jared Goff's most reliable target outside of Amon Ross St. Brown, and to be honest, late in games on third downs when you need a first down more than any other point in the game, Sam Laporte has been the more, not more reliable, but Goff's more go-to target this year. The fact that he's more than likely not playing, 
parlayed with the fact that this Rams team has wide receivers that are going to run circles around the cornerbacks of the Detroit Lions. To say I'm worried would be an understatement. Yeah, folks keep asking what I'm thinking. Uh, I think the Rams have won seven of eight. I think they've got the better quarterback. I think, frankly, and this might uh, be blasphemy to some folks, I think they've got the better head coach. No, no I, I, don't, I think that's com- completely fair. Folks around here, the way they speak of Dan Gamble, you don't know. Uh, Everyone likes and so Dan in the Campbell. Playoffs, no one knocks Dan Campbell, but to think he's asserted himself into a conversation as one of the best coaches in the league, that w- that's so premature. He hasn't even won a playoff game yet. And I am highly concerned about a Jared Goff. Oh, come on. Don't say that. Wait, wait, wait. Without a Sam Laporta. And okay. whether he's limited or doesn't play, either way, he has lost his security blankie. He's lost his blankie. <laughs> well, okay. Well, one and thing- so not only do the Rams have the better quarterback, the more experienced quarterback. More experienced coach. More experienced coach. And the coach that had the quarterback that knows all of his strengths mm-hmm. and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just I think it's a tough matchup for the Lions, and you hate to see that because, yeah, they're playing a home game. I think also, while none of these players have dealt with the 30-year, you know, the 25-year uh, drought of playoff wins, uh, that looms over a franchise, whether these players feel it or not. It just does. It does. One-score game, fourth quarter. Man, we haven't done this in so long. You know, it, whether it's a 5% degradation of ability in a close late game, I don't care. Um, it's something. And, and, and that is the one thing I'll div- give Dan Campbell credit for. Yeah. He'll have the guys ready to go. It's not like they're going to – I don't think they're going to come out flat or, or look worried like the way Michigan came out against Bama. That's but what, not yeah, happen. what if they come out like Michigan did against Bama where they're a little too jittery, where they're a little too high, where is Dan that, Gamble has had eight Red Bulls instead of six three hours <laughs> I, I, before the game? I don't know. I just think this team is has so much self-confidence that they have outworked everyone else that they've played against. I, I think this team's rolling in to the playoffs with more confidence than maybe any other team. I mean, you guys heard – you heard with C.J. Gardner-Johnson yep. and, and – Jared Goff said after the Week 18 game, we've got more banners to hang. I'm sure every team says that, but, I mean, they believe it in there. They believe it. You say the Rams are 7-8 and eight in their, or 7-1 and one in their last eight games. Yep. Uh, I've got something better for you. Their Only two, loss was on the road by 6 to the Ravens. In overtime. Yeah. But I've got something better for you. They're 2-6 and six versus playoff teams. 6-7 and seven versus 500 teams. 4-0 and oh versus the bottom dwellers. They've kind of made a living off of beating bad teams, which was the case early on in the season for the Lions before we really knew what this team was all about. They've won seven of the last eight, sure. They played good against the Ravens, sure. But for the most part, they've had success really only against good, uh, poor defensive teams. I mean, Kyrie Williams is a beast I say, I mean, most teams can say that, though. The Lions have actually had, what, they're five and three against playoff teams this year, the Lions are? Uh, That sounds right, yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's most teams are, but yeah, the Rams being two and six. Now, a lot of that uh, deficiencies came in the first half, right? Yeah, and a lot of that came in the first. I mean, that's when the schedule lined up. Yeah. That's when you didn't have Cooper Cup. Cooper mm-hmm. Cup hasn't been necessarily the same guy this year, but the balance of him and Puka Nakua, I mean, this offense is right up there with the offense that won the Super Bowl. Yeah, and in particular, a, a passing offense that's clicking at the right time. Three of the last four weeks, 90-plus grade uh, on PFF, they've been arguably the best pass offense in football for the last month of the season. You do that against one of the most poorest secondaries in the league. Uh, it, I just, especially inside, where an offense like this with speed and creativity and movement under Sean McVay, mm-hmm. 
I, I you think, cannot get down early in this game. No, I think it, it is a really tough matchup. You would have much rather preferred the Packers uh, if you're the Lions. If I'm Dan Campbell, I win the coin toss. I'm taking ball. You got to score first in this game and maintain a lead because you cannot give Sean McVay a lead and let him do Sean McVay things. Let him put his guys in motion. You don't know what's coming next. He will stall out the clock and win the game. This Kyvern Williams guy is a problem. He missed six games this year and still had 1,100 yards on the ground. Third in the NFL. 12 touchdowns. Add on another three in the passing game. Now here's the catch. The Rams are dealing with a couple of injuries on their own. Or of their own, I should say. Uh, Jordan Fuller left last week's game. He's their safety. Linebacker also left the game. Uh, Troy Reeder. So they potentially are down two starters on the defensive side of the ball. They didn't have their starting offensive tackle, Joe Newtbaum. They didn't have their starting tight end last week, Tyler Higby. I mean, this is a team that's relatively more banged up than the Lions team, so that makes you feel a little bit better. Honestly, I'm, I'm surprised the spread is three still. I'm surprised that's not down to one and a half. Really? Yeah. I, I just, I, it's hard to have confidence in the secondary right now. For as good as they've been at making big plays, it seems like teams effortlessly get up and down the field when they need to the most against the Lions. But in fairness, when the Lions need to score, they always do. This feels like no matter where the money is, a line that's not going to ever get to two and a half, whether the money may dictate that it should, I don't think Vegas is going to be willing to give the Lions a field goal uh, because too many bets will flood in. And if they do win, then there's an issue. I think this is going to stay on most books either at a hard three or three and a hook. To make it two and a half and have it be within a field goal is going to look really tough for the books if the Lions end up pulling it out. Well, let's see where the money uh, is. Because the money's going to... Oh, my God. Guess what percent of the cash is on uh, the Rams right now? Oh, my God. Percent of the cash on the Rams? Yeah, spread-wise. Um, you're saying they have a majority of the money on them? Uh, you, you take a guess. Uh, 70% money on, on the Rams? <laughs> Higher. Really? Uh, 85%. Higher. That's crazy. Keep so yeah, going. there keep, you go. No, keep guessing. Uh, yeah, ninety-seven percent. That's nuts. Yeah, that's it exactly. Really? <laughs> the it's insane. <clears throat> and again, with all the money on the Rams, I don't know if that line's ever going to get below three. Um, I, I think this is this is one of those Vegas lines. That's where they want it. It, it opened at three and a half. It's down to the three. Um, you have to wonder if it's in LA, how different is it? I don't think. I mean, LA doesn't really have the. Probably the not much field, at all. Yeah, I don't think it's, it's still indoors. They don't really have the crazy home field advantage. I do think that will be a factor, though, at least. The, this, this crowd, that city is going to no, be I wild. Think, look, NFL has never had less impact from home field advantage, maybe in the in betting history. Uh, most books have indicated this year, just based on lines, that the, the home field advantage is essentially gone. Maybe it's down to a half point to a point, whereas mm-hmm. – in some in some years, you know, you can make the case that it was two to three points. Yeah, on average, typically about one and a half. I mean, the I Lions think, have a good home record; they just as good on the road. I think I think the home advantage holds for the Lions here, and I think what Vegas is probably telling you is that this game is maybe a, a pick 'em. It's probably a one point game, but the home field advantage indicates that it's probably two two and a half, and that's where it may end up landing. But they they're probably going to hold it at three. Does that make you feel better that ninety seven percent of the tickets are on LA to cover three? Not at all. It doesn't? No. Nope. I, I, it makes me feel a little bit better that every single person's picking the Rams right now. I like being the underdog, even though the Lions are technically favorites, but I like being on the other side of the public. Usually works out. Didn't work out when I picked the Colts last week and I locked it up. Uh, 
Today's lock's going to hit, though. I don't know how the Pistons score Pistons more than money 75 points. Hell no. Hell no. Uh, <laughs> that's You may as well just donate that money to charity. Give it to Goodwill. 989-837. I'll give it to you. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. It'll make up for the three months you didn't pay me. <laughs> right. No, right. <laughs> 989-837-6125. Let's continue the Michigan celebratory party next on the payoff fueled by Forward Energy. The payoff continues. More from the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. We're moving spring practice back. We usually we usually start on Valentine's Day, okay. February 14th, because we love football. Um, but this year we're going to move it back. We're going to move it back about a month. Bet. I love Scott Van Pelt in that. He knows exactly what he's asking by the spring qu- training, uh, the, the spring camp question. Like, he knows he's hinting at, are you going to be around for sp- the the spring practices? Harbaugh gives a good answer. And in the middle of it, Scott Van Pelt, okay, all right. Uh, do you take anything away from that? or do you, I, I don't really think. Uh, he could go to the NFL Not tomorrow. Not at all. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was hilarious, though, because we love football. Valentine's Day. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> What made you come around on Jim Harbaugh? Because three months ago, you sat in this very chair and just bashed the dude. Bashed the program. No, 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 they were cheaters. No, 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 no. Never bashed anything. Nothing that wasn't factual. Just think a guy that wins. All of this is a legend. Guy that, well, no. A guy that (laughs) leads a program to a national championship, his alma mater, I think the family aspect. John Harbaugh is there. His father there. His mother's there. His dad looks like his twin from an aging machine. Uh and I think he's hilarious. And I think the fact that all the players unanimously, without fault, absolutely love the guy. Who am I to hate on the guy? I, I'm not a Michigan fan. Who am I to hate on a guy that just won a national championship for a program uh, like Michigan, a blue blood, and all of his players love him? Great oh, they family. Love him. I mean, they just love all him. of it. And he's hilarious. There's going to be a statue in Ann Arbor of Jim Harbaugh one day, isn't there? Even if he decides to leave, they probably end up building a statue of this guy outside of the big house. Have to. He's brought you the first national title. I'm trying to think, is there, while we're on the topic of people you might build a statue for, and, and of course you're not going to build a statue of these players, but Blake Corum, J.J. McCarthy, they have shot up the all-time Michigan athletes list now with this national championship. No other Michigan athletes of men's basketball or um, football, you know, the only t- I'm just going to say it. The only sports people care about. Those are the only sports we would talk about on this radio show. Nothing else would even be worth it. Some people won't like that. It is what it is. Those are the money makers. Those guys might be at the top of the list now. Right behind, I don't know, Charles Woodson. <laughs> like, the Blake Corum touchdown thing, 27 touchdowns, that's never getting touched. No one's ever touching that record. 27 touchdowns in a season where you play 15 games. Did you happen to catch his uh, anytime touchdown odds yesterday before the game? No, I was watching with a guy who had his two touchdown odds, though, so the second oh. one was meaningful. <laughs> what do you get that at? Oh, I, I, I mean, those had to be plus odds. I mean, his, his that, anytime odds were probably even, right? It was minus 420. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was minus 420. It's like Christian McCaffrey odds, but on steroids. There's no value there. Uh, I took it anyway. Blake Corum touchdown Michigan money line. It's the easiest bet of all time. 15 and 0 this year. It went. Uh, but it it brings up the point. Blake Corum's done. This guy is a legend in the Michigan program. Brad, you're not a Michigan fan, but 
he's got to be one of these guys that you're just going to look back upon and be like, that guy was so fun to watch. He's like a bowling ball running through defenses. Yeah, I mean, Michigan pl- football has been playing, you know, since, you know, like 1800. So there's a lot of names on this list. But how old were you that year? <laughs> in terms of the modern era, in terms of, you know, folks alive right now, last 50 years, yeah, he's on that short list. Um, I don't know how you don't. I mean, you get a championship when it's harder to win a championship now than it ever has been. Uh, more variables in the sport, transfer portal, money flying anywhere, uh, greater variance in the Power Five. I mean, all of this, college football playoff, more games during the season. Uh, Talk about a guy that just defines the program, just puts his head down and work. No drama with with mm-hmm. Blake Corum. I mean, you can say that really about all the players. How the media covers J.J. McCarthy, some people don't like it. Some people call him cringy when in reality, I think he's just like the most positive dude on the planet. How they how they covered his, like how he's opened up about his mental health and he goes to whatever the team psychiatrist's name was that they were kept showing in going into the fourth quarter of last night's game. The meditation, I know people don't like. I think at the end of the day, J.J. McCarthy is just a dude who loves his life and is happy to be in the moment. If that's the reason you don't like the guy, I'm sorry, you must live a sad life. You must sit there and just be jealous of how happy this dude is. Not that he won a national championship, because he was doing that stuff well before the title last night. Every time someone talks to him, it's, I'd like to thank God, I'd like to thank my teammates. I'm just happy to be here working on myself every day. If you don't like that, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> you're, you're probably living a sad life. Or you're just a Michigan State fan who's jealous. That's where I'm at with it. Um, listen, I, I know it feels, probably feels like Michigan radio. We tried to do Michigan State multiple times throughout the season. Nobody wanted to listen to it. And told us to talk about the Blue Bloods. And told us to talk about the Wolverines. Here it is. You're getting the, the, the most Michigan show you could possibly can right now. Of course, you always work in the Lions. It's gold. But I, I just, I, I have a hard time believing, just to wrap up the show, that <laughs> we open this thing in October and instantly we are getting a Michigan national championship and the Lions are on the edge of winning their first playoff game since 1991. I feel blessed. Got to work safe today, too. I feel blessed. What about you? Still got to make it home. Still got to make it home. Uh, yeah, knock on wood there. Roads were bad today. Nasty. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be driving down to Ann Arbor to go to the parade this this weekend? Are you going to be going out to Detroit for the game? <laughs> no, no. I, I was hoping to see Wemby tomorrow, uh, but without Cade, I don't, I don't know if it's worth the drive. I think it is. No. I'm going to try to get down to Detroit for the game on Sunday night. I really want to find somewhere to stay. Uh, I don't even think I told you. I went to the game on Sunday, the Vikings game. Kind of disappointed with the atmosphere. Wasn't, wasn't fantastic. Yeah, you went with, with your grandmother. I did go with my grandmother and like my great uncle, a uh, couple cousins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Trying to coordinate with not elderly people, but older people try to get them all at the same place at the same time. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, mm-hmm. give me a headache. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, there's 20 minutes, there's 10 minutes before the game starts and we can't even find each other because no one's willing to stay in the same spot mm-hmm. and then transferring the tickets. Oh my God, it's like solving a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> These people, <laughs> love them to death though. Uh, love them to death. But I need, I need to get back to Detroit because the atmosphere, I don't know, it just wasn't it on, on Saturday or on Sunday. 
felt like people were ready for the playoff game to start. Mm-hmm. And after that Laporta injury, it got really quiet in there. Really quiet. People were, uh, I don't know. I think they were starting to question Dan Gamble. But, nah, what are you going to do? It's so easy to look back and say, oh, you shouldn't have played everyone. Nah, what? You had to go win that game. You're playing at 1 o'clock. Two seeds technically still on the line. If you're playing at 4.30 and Dallas already lost, it's, it's completely different. But you have to go win that game. So I, I can't get really mad at the starters. It's, it's so unfortunate, though. And, and don't be... I, I know we gave the update yesterday that Laporta has an outside chance of playing, and Dan Campbell gave another update today. Uh, said, you know, that basically said the same thing. But he, he also said in the next 36 hours, we'll have an answer. I wouldn't have your hopes up for this. It would be a miracle, in my opinion, if if Sam Laporta ended up getting in on this game. I think even next week to expect him to play, if the Lions win, I don't know. He, he might just be a superhuman if, if he's able to get back on the field this year. Hopefully there, there's just a game next week. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know what? Positive vibes only. P- PVO. The Lions are going to be playing right. next week. Right. That's what one of, one of our <laughs> listeners has coined that term, the PVO thing. Uh, all right. You got anything else before we send it off? What's next? What do we got? Say next? happy new year to everybody. That's a great way to start the new year. Is there anything after the show today? After the show? No. Oh, okay. Making it home safe. Yeah. <laughs> That's problem number one. Uh, all right. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, more Lions to get to, of course. Uh, I'm sure there'll be more Michigan Jim Harbaugh stuff. Uh, who knows? Maybe the maybe the Pistons will uh, will get a win without Cade Cunningham. But Bet. I seriously doubt that. All right, everyone. That was the payoff, and I hope it was worth it. Thanks for listening. Bet.